Welcome to Mitten Music. My name is Kevin Bessert from 20 Front Street in Lake Orion. Sit back, relax. We're about to talk about uh, our venue and uh, Michigan music in general. So uh, join us. I think we're all done. That, I think that was the whole podcast. I think he signed up as a third <laughs> member of the podcast. Group. I was not expecting you to sound that enthusiastic right off the bat. That was amazing. I, I wasn't necessarily going to disclose this, but I do have a broadcasting degree. Oh. Uh, from Central Michigan University. That's so, awesome. In, in, in a former in a former life, uh, I did do some broadcasting oh, stuff. Oh, that's so. sweet. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a while, but uh, yeah. I don't feel completely uh, out of my element. That was perfect, man. He hid that little gem from us. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Kevin. I think Thanks. my kids, are people, I'm not trying to brag or anything. Your, I mean, your kids, your family's told me that I have a not just a face for radio, but a voice for radio as well. Sometimes I right? agree. Yeah, that's I right. Agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff does too, but that's why that's why we do this, right? Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Kevin, thank you for having us out. Hey, yeah. I appreciate you guys making the trek over from uh, Grand Rapids and uh, being able to come check out our venue. I know we had talked about doing this in a few different spots, but uh, I really wanted you guys to come and be able to see the venue yeah. uh, so that you got to experience it as we talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad we did. I, this is awesome. Thanks for hosting us. Yeah, just looking here and. And hopefully we'll have our video posted too. But just to see the venue, very small, intimate venue. Uh, I want to hear a lot more about the history and just the the way you guys set this up because I think there was a lot of time and intention put Absolutely. into this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So just to kind of give you a background and kind of of where things started, Alan Gatz, who's one of the other owners along with myself, and, and, and there's actually six families total. Uh, but the story kind of begins with Alan was actually up at a men's retreat in, okay. no, in northern Michigan, and there was a, a speaker at the men's retreat that weekend, um, a phenomenal speaker who I, I've had the chance to hear before by the name of Jamie Winship. And Jamie's message that kind of whole weekend to that group was a message that the, the story was kind of, you know, ask God what he wants you to do, go do it or, you know, ask him, ask, yeah. ask God, what is he asking of you and go do it. And Alan said that whole weekend as he was praying about that and, and what Jamie was asking, he said he kept seeing this old building in downtown Lake Orion that was vacant at the time. And he said he just felt like music needed to be in that building, mm. um, which if you would have seen this building at the time, yeah. was, was a crazy thought <laughs> uh, because this building was vacant. There was no utilities. I mean, it was in, it was in really bad condition. So the story goes that Alan came back, uh, got his wife, kind of told, told his wife. They came down here and kind of just, I mean, you could literally just walk into the building. Oh, almost, wow. Yeah. And they kind of checked it out. And Alan, again, he just felt a strong calling that he wasn't sure exactly what it was going to look like or how it was going to come to be, but he just felt music needed to be in this space. So kind of fast forward, he started kind of rounding up a group of people in the community, uh, friends of his and, and people that he knew, and they kind of, you know, piece by piece started like talking this idea through and contacted the, the gentleman who owned the building. And um, and so they they got a group together. Um, and at that point, I wasn't involved. Oh, OK. Uh, so I wasn't hmm. initially I wasn't involved. Um, and they started putting in um, just countless, countless hours of work to to. Um, but at, at that point in the story, one of the key pieces, he got uh, one of our other owners, um, Scott Loudon, uh, was one of the first people Alan contacted. 
And Scott is a uh, audio engineer by trade. He actually owns a recording studio not far from here. Um, What's it called? Yeah, uh, Ashroom Studios. Okay. Um, Ashroom. Ashroom Studios. Ashroom. Um, and so oh, um, he's an audio engineer by trade. In this room, um, I mean, you're sitting here looking around. I mean, this room yeah. was really is is all him um, okay. from the design, from um, an audio perspective. Um, you know, I've heard Scott say, you know, one of one of the things that when he was kind of envisioning or designing room was um, there was a, a thought of like back in the day, there was actually rooms built in people's homes to come hear Beethoven play. And, oh. and they were, and they were ruined. And he said, he kind of went into this with this thought of like, um, you know, a recording studio, but a venue kind of um, all in one. And that was kind of his vision and, and every element here, um, that could be a whole separate podcast right. from the angled brick to the way the room is set up or the hallway you walked in here um, separates kind of creates like a, a sound barrier the green room on that side creates a sound barrier um, so so much intentionality from uh, an audio perspective or um, which and we can get into is kind of I feel become our calling card all these years later mm, sure. um, so yeah he got Scott on board which was was obviously a key piece and just, just so many people in the community just started to, to rally around it to kind of bring it back together where I came. I'd seen an article um, in the paper initially of when they were kind of, I read this article, and I'm like, oh, these guys are doing this. And I'm like, man, it sounds pretty cool. Some at the time when I read the article, I've said this a, a few other times, like I just kind of was like, man, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm going to get involved in this in one way <laughs> or another. And then, ju- and then just fast forward, I ended up meeting and a few of them, I knew who they were in the community. I, I, I weren't, they weren't personal friends of mine, but I, I was aware of who they were. Um, Alan, <clears throat> Alan being one, um, Jay Richardson being another one. And then we ended up getting more connected via our church. And I met them. And then I'm like, wait, you're the, you're the guys doing the listening room. Yeah. you know?" And we, we started talking more and more. And uh, again, t- to kind of make a, a long story longer, they end up losing one of the, uh, the initial partners that was involved. They end up losing. Um, and at the time, I just felt compelled. I said, you know, I would love to be involved. I think one of the best parts about our ownership group with, with having um, all these families that have come together is we all kind of play our role. We all kind of, uh-huh. brought, so, we all kind of brought something unique to the table. Mm-hmm. And it's really just become this, this group that um, it's been so fun to watch and do life with because, yeah, everyone, everyone brought something different. Um, and, and what I told a group or, or the value proposition I thought I brought was with some of the musicians and booking. And, um, I, I, post college, I lived in Chicago, downtown Chicago for a period of three years, um, right out of college and was, was working in the broadcasting industry. Um, you went to CMU, right? I did go to CMU. Perfect. Yep. Um, and then after CMU, I moved to downtown Chicago for three years. And at the time, one of the guys I was kind of hanging out with or living with, working for a, a startup record label in oh, Chicago. That's cool. Um, and it was Aware Records at the time. And they were, that record label at the time was doing a ton of, you know, signing indie artists that were up and coming. Yep. And because of that, those, those period of years I lived in Chicago, I went to a ton of shows. I mean, I was single, I was young, we were going to shows oh, all the time. Sure. Yeah. We were going to shows all the time. And I saw, you know, um, John Mayer in a room smaller than this. Wow. Um, you know, and he was like not 18, maybe, and selling CDs out of his backpack. Um, sure. Yeah. And I just watched that record. They would like launch some of these artists. Like I'd see them and then they would just take off. And so I, I you know, I told the group, I said, I think, you know, through some old connections, I, people I knew, I'm like, I, you know, I, I'd like to help because I, I think what you're doing is cool. And I, so yeah, 
I ended up becoming part of the group, um, becoming one of the owners with, with the group, and then slowly kind of started seeing what I could do booking-wise. And now we're in year seven now, but um, I've been doing, yeah, primarily all the booking for, for years. Okay. So Wow. I'm glad you mentioned the, the brick on the wall because I noticed that earlier. I was like, is, was that... Is that accidental that the brick is all like knocked out? But it seems like it's almost in a pattern or there's there's some symmetry to it too. I'm like, it's not accidental. So I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to ask that eventually. Yeah. That is just, and I'm sure Scott like knows reasons why and he did like adjusted the brick the way he did and everything. Yeah, right? I mean, everything from, yeah, the design of what you're seeing here um, to the matching door back uh, back there. I mean, we've had tons of artists comment on this. This is a door it's, that, this was, a, this cool. was, um, it's a really cool story about this. This is originally from India, but Scott, I think, and I hope I get the story. He, he found it in Arizona, mm. but then and he had it in Arizona, but then the, we were trying, he was trying to figure out how to get it here from there. Sure. And the very cool part of the story was the way this all went down and the way this got here was Keith Urban was on tour and he had a huge semi truck and somehow this got into the got it into Keith Urban through, through connections. It got into Keith Urban's what? semi that eventually the tour made its way here and they got it up. Oh Keith, my so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Someone yeah. like uh, we had talked to Ava Swiss not terribly long ago and she was like how, how important connections were. They're not just because you want to be a good person and make friends. You need to make connections in the industries that like helps you move forward. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. And you just got to know who, who's going to throw it on the truck and get in here, right? <laughs> yeah. exactly. If anybody's it? curious about the, um, the, what we're talking about, on our website, for the, our podcast page for this episode, we will have tons of pictures of everything that we're talking about yeah. um, to show it off so you guys can get a good view. And we'll also, we're playing around with video a little bit lately, too, so we'll see how much Because the see. background, outside of that door, right, it's, that's, is that mostly all wood? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I know we talked a little bit before we came on. So um, just a couple other cool things I like to highlight about the room. Um, you know, we do have kind of stadium seating, but it's church pew seating, which yeah. is somewhat unique. Comfortable church pews, yes. I might add. Yes. Um, those were taken for actually from a church in Carroll, Michigan, um, that our group was able to go up and get from the church that was closing down and, and bring those down here. The stage floor that we're actually sitting on right now, that is from the Michigan State Fairgrounds. Oh, that's um, cool. The gymnasium. There's huh. a, yeah, that's where the floor came from. Wow. So yeah, just, you know, everyone again, uh, it was a, a collaborative effort and a lot of that I wasn't a part of at the beginning, but um, just countless hours of blood, sweat and tears yeah. to kind of to put this crazy idea together. Yeah, that's that's a that's a cool story, and it, it's cool. Yeah, all the pieces are all kind of, you know, they've got some historical meaning and all that stuff too. So. Yeah, it's cool that you can remember stories about just different parts of what this room is about. That's that's just fun. That's a it's a long lasting, interesting. So you guys thing. started. You said seven years ago. Yep, roughly. our first. We actually just celebrated in October. We celebrated our seven year anniversary because it was October of 2016. Okay. So we just yeah we're just seven years in. Obviously. Because a lot of times I sit here and I'm like, man, how has it been seven years? Uh, but with COVID, that did take pretty much a couple of years right out of play. Yeah. Because um, we were pretty much closed one whole year completely. Yeah. Then there was kind of a, a startup, startup, trickle, a trickle where we started back up and then we kind of closed back down. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, it was really, to me, the better part of two years that yep. we weren't, we were doing little to nothing um, in this room. Now, during that period, you were probably the most busy. Yeah, I mean, during that period, we did a lot of things. Um, during that period, to um, 
not only yeah, I mean to keep us afloat, but then what was going on in the industry. So I mean, we were busy, but there was there was nothing going on in this room. Yeah, yeah, I, right. yeah that's like a whole year of just conversations you could have to build up for your next however long of shows and schedules yeah. and whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the you know when you look back now and you think, man, just what that did to our industry. But now looking back, I mean, there was some things that came out of that that I'm that I'm incredibly grateful for now. Um, you know, one of which is we touched on this briefly of, you know, there were some organizations that, that grew out of that. One was on a national level, um, which is now NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association, um, was started right at the beginning of COVID. And I was kind of brought in early and was able to be a part of that as it grew. And then as the national organization grew quickly, a Michigan chapter of that, which was oh. MIVPA at the time, Michigan Independent Venue. Um, and so just tons of meetings and calls and gave me the ability to meet so many other uh, venue owners, mm. uh, both in the state of Michigan and nationally. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was really cool because so many of them said, you know, like even here in the Detroit area, like Michigan, like all these venues that you knew of, uh, most of which I'd been to, but there was something in our industry prior to that that was like just this competitiveness, right, of like, well, I don't really know those guys because they're, they're trying to sell tickets and we're trying to sell tickets and it was this real competitive nature. And then all of a sudden COVID came and everyone was shut down and we get on these calls and everyone's meeting each other and say, oh, yeah. And it just, it really was this spirit of like, it doesn't need to be competitive, man. Yeah. We're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. There's, a, you know, um, so it was really cool to just, yeah, That's like fun. so now so many venues that, you know, now if I go to or go, I, I know who owns them. I can walk in and, and say hello and things like that. And so it, it was a lot of really cool things that way that, that came out of that shutdown. And a lot of those organizations now, you know, are still going to exist and, and can do so much good because everyone kind of came together in that moment. Yeah, that's great. Because I know, I mean, that that was a struggle. A lot of a lot of places went out of business. Didn't yeah, make it. Right? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, even here in even here in Michigan, you know, one one of our you know. It, routing wise for us it's so important if we want to get nationally touring artists to michigan we need to be able to not only get them to 20 front street but a lot of times they need you know at least one other gig in michigan to make it worthwhile yeah, yeah. um and so for so long yeah one of the venues we worked pretty closely with was over on the west side of the state in spring lake called seven steps up because they were a, another listening room oh um, have and, you heard of that one no i hadn't heard, I hadn't heard kevin i mentioned that earlier today yeah. seven steps up yeah and really we told them when we when we decided to do this and opened, we had initially reached out to them very early on because they were at the time in Michigan, and I had been there and was aware of them. Really, the only other people kind of doing what we were doing. Um, I mean, of course, the Ark in Ann Arbor is legendary and has mm-hmm. been around yeah. forever, so they are kind of the, the gold standard. But Seven Steps Up was very similar in terms of capacity, in terms of the type of artists they were booking. Um, so it just became a great relationship where we could book artists and they could play one show on the east side of the state, and then shoot over a couple hours, That's cool. play a show on the west side of the state. Um, but unfortunately, they're one of the ones, Jeff, to your point, that that, that um, just closed recently and didn't make it. And I could name a, a ton of other venues, both in Michigan right. and, and nationally, that have closed. Which, yeah, I mean, and that's why all those organizations, the one common thread there that all those organizations I was just speaking of are independent venues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, those are the ones we're, we're banding together or bonding with because, you know, in our industry, is it's unfortunately, it's the independence versus... The corporations. The corporations. The big um, money yep. back in this, that, and the other thing. And so, I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation, and it's what's going on in our industry. And, yeah, that we could talk about that, too, for a long time. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's sad to see some of these 
independent venues um, that that are struggling to make it. Well, then that impacts the these uh, artists. A lot of guys that are just get, only can fill up a small a venue in the first place. Yeah, they're not going to be able to play bigger venues. They're not going to be able to uh, maybe even get paid the right amount at some of these other places too. So it's important. I think that came out of COVID. I do think a lot of so, hope more people realized one music was dead for a while and hope everybody missed it. And two, here's the things that need you need to do to help support it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and to that point, I think from an artist perspective, um, you know, what I've seen a little bit too, is that some of the numbers of, of the artists that maybe used to do in a certain market, they were, you know, pretty much guaranteed to do 300 mm-hmm. pre COVID maybe now in some of those markets, you know, they're going back out on the road and, but in that market where they were, you know, pretty guaranteed to do 300 tickets. Now maybe they're only doing half of that. Yeah. Um, and so that changes some venue specific stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, again, having those venues at the different sizes, um, for all different types of artists is, is so important in the industry. And so anything we can do yeah, to, to support them is, is crucial. Um, as, as we move forward in like what this landscape looks like in, in kind of the live music industry. Yeah. So you guys have uh, national acts, you have local acts come through here. It's a mix from what I understand. Yep. So how is that, you, you, you know, you're obviously doing the booking. So how is that approach? What's? Uh, yeah, I mean, we do try and, and keep like a good mix. You know, it's funny, when we first started booking, we were doing a lot of local stuff, a lot of Detroit stuff. And then it was like, we were kind of first like, you know, could we even get a national touring type artist but you know it it really was just a a a snowball effect of like we did get a couple that were a few contacts i had reached out and we got a couple national acts and then so many of them were from nashville and they were going back to nashville and they were telling their friends like hey there's this cool new room up in lake Ray, michigan you got to check it out when you're there and then i would hear from their friends and then they would come and then they would tell their friends and um you know over the course of like those first few years of booking it, it, it turned from where it was really me constantly having to reach out and reach out to where the opposite. <laughs> the, the, the emails were incoming as opposed to me having to send outgoing emails. Yeah. Um, and was just getting so many incoming emails of like, hey, I've heard of you. And so that that's kind of where that it just shifted of like, now we have in, feel good. incoming stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, good, it, was a lot, it was a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah. You know, it was nice then. And, and then you obviously start working with, you know, a network of agents and things like that that work in those spaces. And then they start, you know, we're knowing of the room and including them on tours and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, we still like to, to keep the local artists involved as well. You know, and especially, you know, a lot of it too becomes seasonal in terms of like, you know, national touring artists are only out at certain mm-hmm. times and stuff like that. So, you know, there's times where we can feature more local stuff or statewide stuff. So, you know, and then it just comes down to what, what fits in this room and what's appropriate for this room too, um, yeah. is, is part of what we, you know, sure. use to, to make those decisions as well. I was just thinking when you were saying a national artist coming here, as opposed to a local artist coming here, I'm thinking, well, how could you get a national artist here? They're going to have way more people that are going to want to come see their show, but you only got 80 seats here. Well, I get, to, and then eventually dawning me, it's like, well, they're just going to sell it out in like one minute instead of, you know, the other guys, if they do, all the way up to the night of, or maybe they don't sell it out. Yeah, and I mean, what we've maybe played, that's the only difference. What we've played with too is, is, um, you know, what different ticket pricing, right? So, like, you know, what, oh, what, yeah. What, so, what is okay. the price point of like, yes, take any artist, one of your favorite artists, you know, and say, okay, I could go see him here at a venue and pay X. Or to come see him at a super intimate venue where you mm-hmm. it like right. this. Yeah. Oh, I'd be willing to pay that, 
you know, so, um, I would pay way more to see a band I enjoyed in a place like this than anywhere else. It's the experience you're paying. Oh, for sure. You're paying for the experience. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And with that said, I mean, we've, we've, I think kept our ticket prices exceedingly low. I saw Um, them on the wall up there. I was like, really? For what they are. Um, but we have started to play with that a little bit. Yeah. And again, that's not just us coming up with that idea. That's more like kind of maybe what's going on in the industry. Yeah, fair. Um, fair and so, um, I, I think there is some things that there is, you know, I think an appetite for, for, from audiences of like, yeah, if, if you're giving me my choice, you know, I love this band. I could go see him in a 300, um, general admission venue versus, you know, something like this. What am I willing to pay? Um, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, again, that's not, I don't think coming from us, I think that's more being driven by what's happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that gives us, yeah, some other cool opportunities that we may not have had otherwise. Right. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. cool. I'm just in awe of this room. It's just amazing. So I love obviously it. there was the word of mouth going on. Artists want to play here. There's, there's, a, there's something about it. And I mean, I can explain when I'm here, but what, what are the artists saying? Like, why do they want to be here? What do they, do they feel like they're, well, one, the room is, is awesome from an acoustic standpoint, but is there just something a little extra that you guys are doing here that make that experience Yeah, I mean, I, I think what the vision for this place was from the get-go, you know, when Alan said they want to be music here, and, and, and that was obviously all a part of it was creating a venue, but so much of what we do is, and you can tell by the room, right, is like it's artist-focused. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the thing we hear from the artists repeatedly is, you know, a lot of times they'll be on a, a, a tour and they're routing here or whatever, and the two nights prior to playing here, they, they played in a, a, a bar where they're playing on a stage and there's three TVs above them with the football games mm-hmm. on. And, uh, you know, the, Distracting. They, they, said, they said there may be, you know, 100 people in the room or 200 people in the room, but they said if half of them are listening, that's probably a good number. Um, and then they've done that two nights in a row. Then they show up here and walk in here and you're, and you're looking at here where every person in here is on they're, it's an they're here listener. for a reason <laughs> and they're and they're watching the artists you know there's there's no talking everyone is focused on what you're doing hmm. um and i think from an artist's perspective what we've heard is you know again we're talking about numbers mm-hmm. and, the, and the perspective is like would you rather play for you know in a general admission room of 300 with other things going on or play to a room of 80 where every person is hanging on your every word yeah um and so that becomes yeah. that becomes the difference i right? can see that um and yeah, and then to further that, it's just it's just about loving on the artists and appreciating the artists for their talents, right? It's like I think so many of these times they, you know, they do get put in in spaces or rooms that, um, you know, maybe they don't feel appreciated. Yeah. And when they come here, we like to, you know, from the minute they arrive to the minute they leave, just make it about them and their talents and appreciating that. And so I think that's you know become what we do. It's about loving people. It's about loving the artists and. You know, some of my favorite nights I've said, a lot of times I'll sit over here in the corner in the show's going on, and it's yeah. just, I think Tony Luca was um, an artist that we've had several times who's from the area. He, he mentioned this one, so he's like, you know, just the exchange you see of the artists on stage and how much they're enjoying, you know, because it's their passion, their ten- mm-hmm. but then what the audience is receiving at the same time and that exchange that I've mm-hmm. seen on so many different, I mean, so many shows, I, and you just sit there and, and see that exchange happening, um, and it's it's probably gives you chills. It, yeah, it's it's special. It's and that's something only in that kind of listening room environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're gonna see um, as opposed to um, 
you know, some of these other venues we've talked about. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think the fact that your audience that's here wants to be here for the music. The artist obviously is here to play to the audience, but everybody's engaged into one thing, and that's the focus on the music. Yeah, and that's why you've seen this growth. I mean, we're certainly not the only listening room. I mean, there's listening rooms popping up yep. in our state nationally because I think there was kind of, again, to get back to it, there was kind of this desire of, like, that's how people want to appreciate music. Um, for the you know the real music lovers that aren't just going out to casually have kind of a background right. music at the bar, people that want to appreciate music, this is the environment you know that they want to do it in. I remember seeing twenty years or yeah twenty ish years ago, a little more than twenty, when if you're familiar with the intersection in Grand Rapids, yep. the previous location in East Town, Grand Rapids was a way on maybe a, it. it more than this, it was standing room only. There was no seats or yeah. anything, but maybe maybe three hundred bar, really kind of dank. You know, it was a, a hole in the wall place. Sure, that was the place to see a concert, man. I've seen so many shows there. I've seen bands that played there then, and then have seen the same band play at where they are now. Just completely different in any day of the week. I'd rather see this, the old school. So you just one. you just nailed it, right? So the other, I think, the other attraction to a room of this size or other rooms like this of the size is 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 the attraction of like seeing the up and comer, right? Mm-hmm. So these are artists that many of them are, you know, on, on a platform where they're playing this room. And we, at some we, point, we'll, no, we'll, we joke a lot here. Is like we've had artists play here, and it'll be their first time here, and we we all laugh as we we'll say, well, "We're never going to get them back." Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> by the time by the time they come back reroute this way, they're going to be on a path where now they're going to need a bigger room. Yeah. Um, and and I and I don't ever you know you're I, so right I love that like it's not like I'm like oh man I wish I could get back I'm like man good for them that we were able to host them right. but they're on a trajectory that is like yeah they're gonna need a they're gonna need a bigger room next time they come around but I, I was gonna say I take half of my comment back there's only one band that I recall I did see at both intersection locations and that was Deftones I saw like yeah I you'd have to pay ten thousand dollars to Deftones playing a three hundred person venue these days. And even the intersection, they, that's too small for them right, these days, right. too. But, but, but is there, to that point, though... Would they want it, to play? Is there yeah. still an opportunity for your venue to get a big, like, huge act that it's just kind of a unique situation where, hey, yeah, your ticket prices are going to be yeah, high. I mean, yeah. But it's the intimate, it's like you the ultimate. You know who would play here? Self-Gen Stevens. Like, he would play here. I mean, you hear from artists, right? That we, so cool. You hear yeah. from artists, whether it's artists we've had that now are probably, you know, too big to come back. Um, or if I've just read or seen interviews with other artists that like, you know, that are now like arena style artists and Uh they, you know, they'll have a comment where they're like, man, I miss my old club show days. Like where I was playing, those are the shows that like I, you know, and they miss that. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so to your point, I mean, yes, I do think, you know, there's cool little things that can happen and pop-ups and stuff like that. Or like, what's a price point people would be willing to pay. Um, but yeah, we, we just had a thing like a week and a half ago and it was a very unique situation of how it all came to be but we had this group here from nashville called the woodbox heroes and it's this kind of like nashville super group that's just been put together that essentially is like some of the best studio musicians in nashville Whoa. all kind of joined together to create this like super group but we had them here like a week and, a half, and barry bales was here he's he's got 15 grammys i mean <laughs> that's you know ridiculous. i mean i mean it's ridiculous yeah. and he and we're like we're sitting there we're like they're playing and he's back here playing stand-up bass and we're like, you know, like, because he, he, he plays with Alison Krauss in Union Station, okay. yeah, typically, and Dang. he won a bunch of Grammys. With, he was writing with Chris Stapleton and all that, but like, through whatever these circumstances were, like, we're like, he's here playing in this, 
little right. room in Lake Orion, Michigan. Um, so, I mean, there's been, there's been cool little situations like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, to answer your question, I think there's definitely opportunities, um, you know, and I get so many emails from people that are artists that have played here that have now gone on to way bigger things. And they're like, can't you get them back? <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, where I was like, well, we would love to, um, you know, but I do think some of those groups that I'm thinking of when I say that, you know, I think would love to come back and play here. Sure. What that would look like, you know, there'd be a lot that would probably go into that, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we've been able to do some cool things like one group, um, that's, that was one group that we had here very early on and now is just like gone. It's, um, the Warren treaty. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. so they played here, like, man, they were living in Albion at the time. And oh, they, this was like one of their first, I think, outside of Albion that came here. Um, Max Brown, who's now like their band leader. Mm -hmm. um, this was his first gig ever with them was here. Um, and so we had him once. And, and that was like, I remember sitting right in the back row there. And like, they came out in their first song. Like, they played one. And I was just like, what in the Ooh. world is this? Yeah. Um, so they played here that time. And we were all blown away. We had him back like... I don't, I don't even think it was a year later. They played two shows, sold them both out oh. like in a matter of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like they, they just started, you know, it was harder and harder to get them back. But um, they were so thankful. They, they were always willing to come back and play for us. So we knew we couldn't put them in this room. Yeah. But we ended up doing a thing that um, we had a relationship with a, uh, an outdoor amphitheater here in, in Orion Township that the township owns. Okay. That's a cool little outdoor amphitheater. And so we brought them back one summer and did them outside cool. where we could do, obviously, a lot yeah. bigger. Um, and so they were able to come back and play for us, just not in this room. Um, and so it was fun to have them back. And, yeah. and I mean, now next week they're nominated and uh, performing on the ACMs. And then I just saw they're going to sing the national anthem at the Lions game on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, they're they're doing great. That's yeah, nuts. they are. They, they blew up pretty quick. Yeah. 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 But there's a reason for that. Cause oh, they're, they're, for sure. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. Well, Kevin, I got to say, if, if you guys ever get Tool to come play here, <laughs> uh, save me a seat right here. I want to be spit on by everybody in the band. I want to be that close. So when that happens... <laughs> I'll my, know when it happens. Don't worry. My neighbor has the same. My neighbor has the same exact request. So oh, no. I, we're I can, gonna be duking I, it I, out. I can, I can make you both happy. If I don't know. Where, I don't know where Maynard would be though, because he wants to <laughs> yeah, hide. Yeah, he so. does. Yeah. There's not many hiding places around here. Maybe in the back. Maybe back in the corner. Just needs to go in the green room. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. This. I cannot wait to see a show here. I'm just now. I'm just. I'm gonna be scouring, just waiting for that. There'll be someone that I really enjoy. We come in here, and I will. Yeah. Even if Jeff cool. can't come with me, I'll drive myself. It gives me care. a feel of like, I mean, I was in New Orleans not too long ago. I went, got a chance to go to Preservation Hall. Yeah. And just that small, intimate, I mean, obviously a different setup. This is a little bit more modern and everything, but just that feel of that connection with the band. and. Yeah. And I was telling you guys, I mean, the one we hear, or the, in, in, if you look online, we, we get this all the time. Like, you'll see, it's, it's, um, we get called the mini Ryman, which is a reference yeah. to the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which, um, yeah, if you guys have never had a chance in Nashville to go see a show at the Ryman Auditorium, it is, it's called the Mother Church um, for a good reason, but they have church pews as well, and that's always been kind of their calling card. So we have artists all the time that walk in here and see the church pews, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like a mini Ryman. And so, yeah, I mean, because that, you know, Ryman obviously much bigger, but... Same feel. Same feel, yeah. same kind of, like, Look. just really artist-focused. Yeah. 
and just so many great shows. Um, yeah, I had the opportunity a couple of years ago. I'm like, I have to go see a show there. So mm-hmm. I went down to Nashville and finally saw a show there, and it was it lived up to the hype. That's awesome. I have never been to Nashville ever. I, I, I don't like, think I have either. Actually, have you? I've driven through it, but I've okay. never really stopped. And there. I feel like every third, second, or third person we talk to on the show, like they not only do they mention Nashville, but there's like a oh, lot yeah. to talk about. Na- like, well, yeah, so, you know, it got to a point where, I mean. I don't know the exact number, but I mean, in a given period of how many artists we have here, like 70% of them live in Nashville. Oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. And so we just... I so mean, we, Patty Prochet moved to Nashville, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we, we just interact with so many people. In, in a lot of them, you know, even if some of them um, are, are Michigan people that we met in Michigan or were, grew up here or live here or whatever, but have since, Ooh, have since yeah. relocated. And we still have them come back a lot, which is awesome. But um, a couple of years ago, we had a relationship with a venue down in Nashville and we came up with this idea of like a venue. Could we do like a venue swap for the weekend? Yeah. And we just felt compelled that like so many of these artists drive here from Nashville to Lake Orion to do shows here. And we're always like, man, they're driving here from Nashville. Like that's, that's not easy to do. And so we're finally like, you know what? We're going to bring a show to you. And we just knew so many. So we did this venue takeover in Nashville for a night and um, just called on so many artists that we knew that live there. And we're like, you can do a 20 front street show, but it's going to be like right five minutes from your house. Like yeah. you don't have to drive to Michigan to do it. Yeah. And so we did a show in Nashville with like our brand on it, but just did like oh, as, many, it just did as many artists as we could um, just to say like, it'll be just like a 20 front street show, but you don't have to drive all the way to Michigan. And it was super fun and really cool. We actually hope we can do it again, but um, we just felt like, yeah, it was something nice to do, but like you guys always drive all the way to us. Let us drive to you mm. for once. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's for sure. Cool extension. I was gonna say, oh yeah, there's so much more to this, this, this story though, right? So you you mentioned to us earlier that when you started this off, there was a lot more going on, and now you guys have kind of focused in on the music. But tell us about the building, because there's some historic means to this building too, right? Absolutely, it's been around Lake Orion for a long time. Yep, yep, and it was a creamery at one point, um, and then most recently, when the story I was telling where. Alan felt um, at that point it was like an old antique shop was was the okay. most recent. But yeah, when they kind of were deciding to kind of refurbish the building, redo it, they wanted to pay homage to a lot of that stuff. A couple of cool things. There are two other spaces that are part of the building. And one is on the lower, there's a lower level walkout on the back of our building that faces the Children's Park in downtown Lake Orion. And we wanted to make that a creamery or an ice cream shop as kind of an ode to the former creamery. And so we operated that for a while. It was an ice cream shop. It's now run by uh, a great local company called Cookies and Cream that run it. Mm. And they do uh, ice cream in the summer. Again, it's right on a children's park, so it works out great for the kids to go to the park. Yeah. Best spot um, for an ice cream shop. Right. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then there's a cafe. Uh, we call it the Social Cafe that's just adjacent to the venue, again, that we used to operate. And now post-COVID was taken over by an, another great local company, Shaded Bloom Coffee, who now operates the cafe and creates just a nice dynamic of people who can come in, um, get something to drink, a snack, and then come into the show. I just uh, per- I just drank a Shaded Bloom coffee. Yeah. It was delicious. <laughs> so they've been great partners, um, and it just allowed us to focus on music which is what all of our passions were Mm -hmm. those were ancillary things that we thought were part of the whole project but when we kind of really sat down and thought like what is our um passion and what are we good at it was this Mm -hmm. and so um it made sense to just kind of find good partners for those things and it's it's been great and that's awesome i mean if you think about it it's it's cool you get your you've given the opportunity for more local businesses 
to operate and they do their thing they focus on that and they do it well uh, and a coffee seems like a good fit yeah for this venue yeah i would um, agree like it just even just in general people coming into coffee like just having a small little music venue to see. Oh, I'm gonna go to that show. Like it just seems like the right audience too. That you well, and in. I mean, what I always tell people because we'll get emails and they'll ask, you know, like about what, what do you guys serve, what don't you serve, things like that. And what you know, oftentimes we'll direct them to is, I mean, what what another really cool aspect of what we've done here in the last seven years is just to be a part of the growth in downtown Lake Orion in general and what downtown Lake Orion looks like now versus what it looked like then. There's so many good restaurants and bars and things like that that like when people ask, oh, where should I go? I've never been to Lake Orion. What should I do before the show? You know, we provide them with like, man, there's so many good spots to hit. If you want to have a couple of drinks before the show, go there, whatever, and then come over, grab dessert here, and the show starts, you know, and so a lot of people do that and kind of make a night out of it in Lake Orion, which is, it's been awesome to watch. Yeah, it is. It is cool. I, I grew up in Oxford and, uh, uh, Lake Orion, 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, I, all I can remember was, okay, Broad, Broadway uh, Records. Yeah. To, that, was, that was the place to go in oh, Lake record, Orion. Record, record store? store, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, there were some other things going on, too, but how much this town has grown, um, downtown, the downtown has grown, I should yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool to see. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, when we first opened here, there was a, a handful um, of bars and restaurants, but there's a lot that are open now that weren't. Um, prior to us opening so it's been fun to kind of to watch and, and and so glad that so many have made it through COVID because we, we always talk about there was a period like the two months leading up to COVID where two the two of the new like uh, Bitter Tom's is a restaurant Oat Soda was a re- they had just opened up I think our two months like leading to COVID we had like almost every show was sold out like things were jamming yeah. there. and we were like and we were just like we're like man downtown lake orion like feels like yeah, you know it's hopping yeah. and then it was like march came it was like oh everything shut down <laughs> it was so i was so glad to see that like those two survived you know and and some of the other newer ones that had opened up have survived and then some newer ones in that have even opened up now yeah it's been great that um you know they were able to make it and so are we yeah so what's next for the venue? Is there anything, is it just a matter of getting out there and getting new artists in here, or is there anything different that you guys are looking to? Yeah, you know, for us, I mean, it's a couple of things. One is, it's crazy. Like, we laugh about it all the time, but, like, we're seven years, seven years into this, right? And we, almost on a weekly basis, hear from people that, say, walk by or live close by, and they're like, I never even knew you guys were here. They're like, they'll walk, they'll, like, stumble upon this place and be like, what's, what's, what's this? this place um, <laughs> so i mean you know at the name of this, the name of this business we we've chosen to be in is selling tickets right and so a general awareness that we're still working on per, yeah, um, that's always and good. you know we do because of the artists we book a lot of times people will drive from a considerable distance away mm-hmm. and a lot of that's driven by the artist because it's an artist that they're a huge fan of mm-hmm. um and they'll come and drive from insane distances then they'll walk in here and they're like oh i just drove from you know canada and then this and you're like you know um you know we do get people from from greater distances away but it's also like this general awareness in our own backyard as well um and so that's a continued struggle of like you know selling tickets getting people to come out um you know the other thing we found in michigan and it's something we're working on is uh, how seasonal it is mm-hmm. in Michigan when you have, when you have an indoor concert venue yeah. is like once the weather turns cold, uh, the period we're coming into right now, mm. we do really well. Yeah, because it's cold out. People don't have as much to do. They think, oh, let's go and see a concert. Yeah, uh, the summer, you guys know Michigan summers yeah. when they're nice and all that. 
and convincing someone to come inside at eight o'clock when it's gorgeous outside and the sun and a lot of times the sun doesn't go down until 10 p.m. Yeah. And you can enjoy. And in the summer, there's so much um, free music. There's so much outdoor music. Um, And so that's, you know, that's something we're working on as well. And, um, you know, just what other options could be. And because we have done, like I mentioned, uh, with the Warren Treaty and things like that, we've done some outdoor stuff. Um, We have a great series we do courtesy of the Lake Orion DDA uh, and the gazebo in the children's park right behind the venue um, that we do a summer series one day a week in the summer. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's free to the public and on gorgeous nights, they'll get, you know, hundreds of people turn out and uh, we're able to, to present a lot of the similar artists that we present in here outside. Oh, and great. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a great environment. So things like that, just kind of figuring out. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's, it's keep doing what we do, which is, um, as I mentioned, loving on artists and providing them a space to, you know, showcase their talents. Uh, I got one last question around tickets. So I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I assume you, all tickets are bought through the venue. Yep. So through our website. Yeah. Um, so there's no ticketing agent or anything you have to deal with. I, obviously, I knew you weren't using Ticketmaster, but do you, uh, do you add a 30% <laughs> fee to each ticket purchase? We have a very, very minuscule that I would challenge you to find anywhere else that has a, le- a less. Uh, for the first five, five six ish years, we actually, when we started, we had built our own ticketing system. Ooh, that oh, was, sweet. We, 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 liter- we literally yeah, built it. That's cool. Um, and we used that for the first five or six years um just within the last like i think it was last year january um of this year we did um switch to an order uh, we still have our own website but the actual ticketing piece that, mm-hmm. that's built in is from an organization that was came out of covid that came out of neva that organization i mentioned mm-hmm. okay uh was a group of guys that built this new platform that they're venue owners and they built a system that was for venue owners, yeah, by venue owners. That's different. They're, and that's, that like, sounds reasonable, um, right? And so uh, we use that now, but it's still all through our website. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, our I think our ticket prices still are um, very cheap for, for what you get to experience. Right, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you pay way too much. I, there, I've not gone to see a concert because I was like, I'm not paying 50 extra dollars for no reason. Just to tack on to my $100 ticket. Yeah, I mean, there's a, bucks yeah, I mean, silly. yeah, there's a lot in the industry that's going on with that. Um, oh, I refuse, man. That, you know, with what's going on with, no thanks. yeah, yeah, um, the whole Live Nation and Ticketmaster yep. thing. And, yep, um, exactly. There's a lot going on with that, you know, um, and yeah, you could really get me going on that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. As, as, an, as an independent venue owner, but um, it's definitely something I think, I think it's something that there's going to be some changes coming um, exactly what that'll look like from an independent venue. Um, just a few weeks ago, there was a big issue that came up with um, live nation specifically that oh. um, came out with a new initiative that was specifically targeted at under 3000 caps. Oh, um, wow. And so there was a lot of pushback from um, just like, Hey, if you want to do it, you know, if it's an initiative that you're going to push out to all venues, that's yeah, great. Across the board. But when you're specifically now targeting small venues by say, by saying under three thousand cap, you're now targeting small venues. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a complicated issue, right? Because what they were doing was giving incentives to the artist, and I'm not going to blame any artist. I I mean, I any artist that would take their incentives, I would absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to blame an artist right. ever because if they can make more money, go make more money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just felt like it was targeted at small venues, um, which was unfortunate because I feel like we're already kind of, you know, having that uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And then if they're going to start putting in incentives 
for the artists to get them to come play their rooms and not play the independent venues, it, it, it's just another thing that mm-hmm. you know makes it a little more difficult for us. Right. Yeah. Didn't Definitely. Taylor Swift have a whole thing where she was spanking <laughs> Live Nation and Ticketmaster? So I forgot what we probably talked about oh, it yeah, on one of did. our episodes. Yeah, did, yeah. But now it's and like, I mean, again, you can't. I can't blame any there. I know Zach Bryan just tried. You know, his prior tour, he tried doing I think e ticks or something. Yeah, to, yeah. And it, I think it didn't go that yeah. well. So but the more that, so now he's this tour. He's doing Ticketmaster. Um, you know, but the more big names that do even talk about it. Just getting the awareness out there ramps up, hopefully, more people to be again, you know, right. something will happen, something will change. It's not going to until people stop paying these freaking fees. Yep. Ah, uh, whatever. So. So what do you guys got coming up uh, here uh, soon? We'll probably, yeah, this will be probably out in December, let's say. So what's yeah. you guys got coming up in the next few months? Um, in December, we do, you know, we do a lot of um, cool Christmas shows that... Um, Ava Swiss, she's Ava, got yeah, a Christmas show yep. coming up. Ava Swiss will be here doing a Christmas show. A few other that we've done annually now that have kind of become traditions almost. Um, Jill Jack, who's a great Detroit artist, um, she's done it annually now. She just sold out we two shows she sold out nice. already. Nice, good for her. That, that does an annual Christmas show. But yeah, tons of good stuff in the new year even. I'm really excited about um, some artists that we've never had that we're, we're getting that have um, you know, been artists that have kind of been on the radar, but just you know, for different reasons didn't work out with routing and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I would say probably you know, as time goes by, I keep saying this, but it's, it's true, is just our lineup is getting better and better and better. Um, so super excited of yeah, into December and, and what the new year is going to look like. So yeah, all our shows are listed on our website at 20frontstreet.com. And yeah, I would, I would encourage, yeah, come make a night out of it in Lake Orion. Enjoy one of the restaurants and come see a show. You can stay at Jeff's parents' house. They still live in Oxford, don't they? Yeah, they do. You yeah, can go, yeah. go, just give us a holler. You can go stay at their house. They, they would love it. They would love it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> we'll promote 20 Front Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thanks, Kevin, for uh, taking the time today, offering up your space uh, to oh, do this. Uh, amazing venue. Um, yeah, it's, it, it'd be, I'd be here for sure for any artist that I want to see. Yeah. Intimate, intimate night. Well, you guys are welcome anytime, and I'm sure um, I know some of the, the bands and stuff that you guys interview on the podcast You know, are, are people that are passing through and that yep. we have a lot of common acquaintances. So, yeah, come, uh, come join us anytime. Rock and roll. Sweet. All right, see you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, check out more episodes on any streaming service out there today, as well as our website, www.themittenmusic.com. You can also find playlists and concert listings there, too. Check us out on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. 